Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. I'm Billy, Billy Mansell, here for the uh, Dynasty Tailgate. We are going to talk running backs today. Um, got a few things want to clear up before that. Um, NIL has officially taken over college sports. Um, kind of been a fun week on the recruiting trail. I've been following every recruit very, uh, closely. Uh, this Travis Hunter situation is very, very fascinating. Um, he ends up picking Jackson state over Florida state to play college football. He received quite a good deal from Deion Sanders and the barstool sports, uh, pool of cash that they're willing to give out. Um, I think that just makes the sport more fun. I know a lot of people are like, well, this is going to hurt the sport. Oh, this is going to affect everything. Yeah. Is it? I mean, look at, look at it this way. Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a starting NFL quarterback played at, I think it's East Illinois or something like that. Like, one of those really weird, like Southern Illinois schools, um, Cooper cup, currently the number one fantasy option played at East Eastern Washington. I think like plenty of players come from FCS schools. So it's, it's, it's not really like that big of a deal. You know, um, the NFL is going to find you and they're going to be able to evaluate your talent. Now, is it going to hurt you on the front end? Maybe, maybe your rookie current contract isn't as much as, you know, it's been in the past, but with the rookie wage scale, I, you know, you're kind of capped out anyway. So if you can make a lot of money at the beginning of your college career, that, I mean, that's the way to go, honestly. Uh, so I think the freak out's kind of a little bit more than it needs to be. I know that the the people that are in power and the schools that are being affected negatively, I can understand how they, they are frustrated. And I probably would be too. I mean, honestly, um, I think we're headed towards a 
centralized um, kind of minor league program for the NFL as is. I mean, that's how it is as well. It's just a little less like figured out. But I think, you know, here in 10, 15 years, I think, you know, the SEC, whatever other conferences are around, they'll, they'll have a couple of programs and those will be the big names. And then you've got, you know, smaller leagues after that. I think just the structure of college football as a whole is going to change over the next five to 10 years in ways that I don't think people are really prepared for, but it's going to make the product a lot more fun because you're going to be able to see players, NFL players play other NFL players more frequently. It's not going to be as many of these random, you know, Alabama playing whatever FCF school. And you're going to have more like Alabama, Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas. You're going to have, you know, Alabama, Georgia, you're going to have, all of these type of fun games right off the bat of the season, and you're going to be able to see NFL talent play quickly. I think it's only going to grow the sport in the long run, although in the short term, it looks like you're hurting people, I think, or you're hurting teams. I think in the long run of things, it's only going to help. So I will hop off that one for a second, but NIL has been a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um you know, Travis Hunter set the college football world on fire, which is pretty much what he did. Florida State fans, I feel for you. I really do, because that one hurts. That was going to be a big name in that class, and he's just not going to be available. So let's get on to what, why we are here today. So we're going to talk running backs for the 2022 draft class today. Um I'm going to go out right on the front end and say there are a ton of running backs in this class. So I will not be getting to all of them today. And I'm going to leave some names out today that you're going to be like, what, what, what I've, you know, I'm reading this player could be a first round player. Okay. I get it. There, there's players that I'm, I'm not going to get to be based on this being 30 minutes, uh, of course, as well, that, I'm going to have to get to in a separate podcast. It's not that these are lesser running backs. It's not that I've forgotten anyone. I don't want anybody to think that I'm downgrading certain players. It's just like there's players that I believe in 100% now, and there's players that I'm going to need to watch more of to 100% agree that that person is ready to go into the NFL. Um, Some of those names I'm not going to get to today that are important, Brian Robinson from Alabama, James Cook, Zamir White, C.J. Verdell, Sincere McCormick from Meep Meep, the uh, <laughs> San Antonio uh, USTCA or whatever. I don't know. I can't think of it right now. Uh, some of those players, I'll get to them at a later date. Promise. They're important too. I'm, and they will be important to go into the fantasy season um, because right now, a lot of teams in the NFL need running backs. You got like Atlanta, possibly Buffalo. Yeah. Seattle is probably going to have to move on from Chris Carson after the season. Um, so there's just like a lot of NFL teams that need running backs going into next season. So, you know, a lot of these guys I think could mean something going into next season. I mean, they're not all-star names. You don't like the thing is last year's class, there was a lot at the top. Uh, the year before that, there was a lot of people at the top. And then you kind of got to, you know, there was kind of a fall off after the first like three or four names. 
This year, I think it's a lot of names that are kind of in the middle, but they're players that could mean something by the end of when it's all said and done. So without further ado, let's get into this first name on my list. And I think the top running back in the 2022 draft class is Brees Hall from Iowa State. So he's had back-to-back 1,400-yard seasons, uh, 5.8 yards per rush, 20 rushing touchdowns this year. He also had 21 rushing touchdowns last year, 36 receptions, 300 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. Um, He's bowling ball. He runs hard, runs fast. I have liked everything that the kid's done so far. Um, I think that he is the one player in this class that, if you got him on your team, he could be an every down back for you in the NFL. And I think when he ends up with the team such as Atlanta, such, you know, any of the teams that need a running back right now, he is going to be immediately effective right away. And I think that's exactly what you're looking for when you're in the dynasty class, um, you know, headed into the season. Now, there were games this season that Brees Hall wasn't all that effective. He really, really turned it on towards the end of the year. But I've seen him play um, a couple – I mean, more than a couple of times. But I've seen a lot of his games. And the one thing is, like, he's always able to get open. He's a good pass blocker. He's always prepared and ready to make something happen out in the back. Like, you know, coming out of the backfield. So – Brees Hall, I think that's a it's a no brainer. If if you're in the first round of your you know fantasy draft and you really desperately need a running back, I still think you should take a wide receiver in the first couple picks because I think these wide receivers are all timers. A couple of them, um, but you know you could take him too. I would not. I if you need a running back that bad, Brees Hall is the first guy on the list that I would be okay with taking. So. Let's move on. Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M. Um, I'm going to preface Isaiah Spiller with his stats do not jump off the page. And that's simply because he has another running back in his backfield that is also good. Uh, Devin Achain is going to be a top running back in next year's class. But Isaiah Spiller and him had to split time. So a lot of people viewed him as like losing the job to a chain, but I don't think it was that way. I think it was more like um, when Georgia had Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, um, it's more of that like one, two punch. It's, it's not that one player is better than the other. It's just that both players are effective. We need both players available at certain times. Um, so Isaiah Spiller, 5.6 yards per rush, 11 or 1,011 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, 25 receptions, 189 yards, and one receiving touchdown. Like I said, the numbers don't jump off the page. I I, I won't try to uh, sugarcoat that. And in a lot of the Texas A&M games that you may have watched, or even if you go back and watch film, uh, Devin Achain will be the one that you look at and you're like, wow, that kid's going to be something someday. And you might forget about Isaiah Spiller, but Isaiah Spiller is really – intense power runner and i think that that's kind of i think that that is what is is his biggest thing so i think when he gets the next level it's more going to be like well why wasn't he used as much in college if he is this good at playing football you know and so i just 
I just think the freak out may have gone too far on Isaiah Spiller and the split workload. Um, for example, uh, Sony Michelle in that last year at Georgia, when he had, was splitting time with Nick Chubb, um, they both had like 1200 yards each, which on their own, it wasn't all that spectacular, but apart, you know, they've both, okay. So Sony Michelle's kind of been a little bit of a bust in the NFL, but he's still been a, an, a good active player. So I, I just, I think that he can definitely do what you need him to do. And I still think Isaiah Spiller's number two. It's been kind of, like I said, it's been kind of controversial because of the next name on this list, which we'll get to right now. Kenneth Walker from Michigan state has been probably the best running back in college football this year. He was number two in terms of rushing yards. He almost, almost edged out uh, the top spot for that. Um, He had it for most of the year, but he ended up losing it right at the end. So Kenneth Walker, 6.2 yards per rush, 1,600 yards rushing, 18 uh, rushing touchdowns, 13 receptions, 89 yards receiving, and one receiving touchdown. So I mentioned the receiving, uh, receiving, which wasn't all that spectacular, but Here's the thing, and we've noticed this the last couple of years. A lot of receivers that come, or receivers, a lot of rushing running backs that come out of college that weren't really high used um, receivers in college. It doesn't mean they don't have the skill. It doesn't mean they can't develop the skill. Najee Harris, for example, was not known as a huge receiving back coming out of Alabama last year. And it's just because they didn't need that 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 from him. They didn't need that from him. He didn't need to be a receiving back. But Pittsburgh has found, you know, that he can be that. They've used him quite a bit on checkdowns, and he's looked like a very competent receiving back. And I think that's kind of what we might see here from Kenneth Walker. Um, I think there's nothing really you need to worry about in terms of him using his hands. And as far as running, he's been the best running back in this class as far as running. I mean, what he did against Michigan, for example, was nothing short of amazing. I mean, he was incredible. Um, And there's been a lot of games this season that you just watch him and he just pops off the page. His breakaway speed, his ability to break tackles, it's just he is the real deal. And I think if you got him up, at like I said, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, all are guys that you could take maybe in the first round of your fantasy draft dynasty draft that you would end up feeling good about because they are going to get immediate three down work. I will admit Isaiah Spiller. I think it kind of depends on where he ends up um, because I, I personally think he might end up somewhere where he might have, you know, a little bit of competition in the backfield and maybe doesn't get all the full amount of touches right away. But Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, I think you are going to get those touches right away. And I think that that will, they will be considered the lead back in whatever backfield they go into because they're going to end up Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. We're talking, we're literally talking like Buffalo talking Atlanta. We're talking these places that need to run Arizona, possibly if they don't sign back James Conner. Um, one of these teams, they're going to need them right away, and you know they're going to be available. So uh, we'll move on to Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Um, he has had the ultimate up and down season for me. 
there was a lot of good stuff at the beginning of the season. Towards the end, not as much, but you know he was good still. Uh, 5.6 yards per rush, 1,100 yards rushing, 13 rushing touchdowns, 24 receptions, 197 yards, and zero receiving touchdowns. So the receiving game could use some work. It And here's the thing. He played for Chip Kelly, uh, who's the coach at UCLA. And any fan of the Eagles knows Chip Kelly and receiving backs are – oil and water they're not always uh used appropriately and they did also have a running quarterback in dorian thompson robinson so it's not it's not that maybe zach charbonnet was the problem it may have been just the fact that of what offense he was in um being the problem so i think for him it's going to be more what he does at the combine um to see exactly what we're looking at here but the stats when he was there, we're not bad. Uh, he had plenty of good games. It was a lot of those like 13 rushes for a hundred and blank yards for two touchdowns. It was a lot of that. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. Like that's, you know, that's the thing. And I think that, you know, if you look at the yards per rush, that's kind of what you're looking at. That's what you want. 5.6. That's the same as Isaiah Spiller. It's a little bit off from Brees Hall. It's more than a couple of these names further down the list. And, you know, you're simply looking for a consistent running back, and I think Zach Charbonnet could be that guy. Um, again, I think with Isaiah, like like Isaiah Spiller, I think it's going to depend on where he ends up, where he gets drafted, really, really, um, because that's that's what it, that's a, a lot of these spots. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about where do they end up? What are the opportunities? Like Trey Sermon ended up in San Francisco. Eli Mitchell last year ended up in San Francisco. Ends up being Elijah Mitchell that gets the job. Trey Sermon taken two rounds earlier. Doesn't get any work at all. Like, you just never know. It's just, it, it kind of depends on the landing spot. We all assumed Trey Sermon being taken by San Francisco meant that he was going to be featured in that role, you know? Because um, we all kind of knew that with injuries happening on that team that he sermon was going to be able to get an opportunity right away. And it just never materialized. And, and and that's something Kyle Shanahan must've seen. I don't really know what Kyle Shanahan's doing when he drafts, he drafted a quarterback this year. That's seen the field like maybe for two or three games, not many more than that. He drafted a running back in the third round that they, for all intents and purposes, haven't even used uh, his best game. He was having, he ended up getting a concussion taken out of the game. So with all that being said, it's going to depend on where Zach Charbonnet ends up. If he ends up in a split workload, that is going to be quite frustrating, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not really necessarily a death wish. It's more just where, you know, where's he going to go? So, Solid, solid player, solid player. I think he could end up being something at the next level. Um, all right, we're going to move on. That That's kind of the end of tier one, in my opinion. So anything after that, in my opinion, it's a little bit more loosey-goosey. Um, I know that's a very technical term, loosey-goosey, but like a lot of people would put Brian Robinson up at like number two, for example, maybe three. I... I get it, the Alabama factory and all that, but Brian Robinson, I I don't I never saw him as that guy, so I will not say that 
I would put him in the for sure tier. He's kind of in this next tier, um, which I'll have. I have two more running backs to get to that are in this tier, two that I'm really big fans of. So the first one is Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. 4.9 yards per rush, 995 yards rushing, 14 rushing touchdowns, 42 receptions, 359 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. So he is your, you know, your ba- your back that can ke- pass catch out of the backfield. He is the guy that's going to be able to split out, get your receiving yards. Um, as far as like a power runner, I I am not going to say that he is. He's very fast. He's very quick, twitchy, got really good hands, can make things happen out of the backfield. But, and I hate making this comparison because I feel like it's going to, you know, it's it's going to draw like a, a negative connotation, which I don't mean for it to. But I see a lot of Clyde Edwards hilaire in him where if you need him just on receiving downs and you need him to do some work between the 20s, you're going to be fine. But once you get to the goal line, I don't really think Kyron Williams is going to be that guy. Um, kind of like an Austin Eckler, for example. He's kind of seen the same thing happen to him. But I think that without bulking up and getting bigger for Kyron Williams, I think that there's going to be a chance where he just works between the 20s. I mean, he's going to be a good PPR back. He's going to be a guy that gets a lot of catches down the field. And that is an important skill. But I think that you're going to have to go into it knowing that he's not a power back. He's not going to be able to get those goal line touches. Um, he's gotten some at Notre Dame, but I think, you know, if you have the, if you're starting running back, of course you're going to get those calls. But when you move to the next level, there's going to be a little bit of a hurdle to get over. And I think Kyron Williams is one of the guys that's going to need to figure out what, where he fits into an offense. And I think any team that drafts him, is going to have to know that what kind of weapon he is when they get him. And I think they're, they're going to know what they want to use him for when they get him there. So I don't, I'm not down on Kyron Williams. I'm not saying he shouldn't be drafted, but I think he's not going to go late second round of dynasty drafts, maybe third round. Um, and again, obviously this is depending on landing spot. If he ends up somewhere with, with a high volume rushing or, even a guy that needs a check down wide receiver that doesn't or running back that doesn't have one, like say wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up. Yeah. That you're going to end up getting a Kyron Williams there. Um, and split backfields are not terrible. It just depends on what you do. Like Denver has a split backfield. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are both very useful. So um, we'll be interested to see where he ends up. <sighs> Something screams Jets to me with him, but I, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. I just, I don't know. So it's just, it's one of those inklings, you know. Um, and then the last running back I have today, which is one of the mo- most excited I am for the Senior Bowl, and that's Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. Uh, 4.9 yards per rush, 1,200 yards rushing, 20 rushing touchdowns, 16 receptions, 116 receiving yards. Did not have a single rush uh, receiving touchdown. I th- he's a little bit of a wild card to me, and I-, I like that. You know, it's got that it's got that feel that he's going to fly under the radar for most of um, this 
off season. I mean, hell, he could have a big game in the uh, in the Senior Bowl or not the Senior Bowl, the uh, playoff game, and then you know he won't be a secret anymore. But he didn't get a lot of work last year and didn't get a lot of work his sophomore year. He didn't even play his freshman year. I there's just something I like about him. He's a very powerful runner. And I think that that is such a useful skill at the next level. These power runners, like you need them in the game because, you know, if you pound the line enough, you're going to eventually break through. You're eventually going to break the big one and you're eventually going to be able to get some yards down the field. And I think that Hassan Haskins has all of the traits available to do that. Michigan is a power run team that they are not wanting to do the big throw down the field plays. They are more wanting to throw or to run and run and run and run. And I think that if Michigan is successful in the bowl game, it'll be because of their power run. And I cannot wait to see what he's able to do in that game. But as far as at the next level, I think he's going to fly under the radar the entire draft process. And then he's going to end up somewhere on day, maybe even day three. But here's the thing, you know, Michael Carter went on day three to the Jets. And I think Hassan Haskins might have a similar path ahead of him. I think that he's going to pop in the senior bowl. I think the combine is going to be um, a big show for him to be able to show what he's able to do. But. I I don't know. There's just something about him, you know, that I'm just I'm a I'm a fan of, and I think that he's going to be able to get onto a team that needs a running back, and he's going to be able to navigate the depth chart. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that you look back and you're going to be like, man, I wish I had seen that coming. And like I said, maybe in the bowl game, he ends up showing something that I didn't think that he's shown this season. Um, I mean, if you saw him against Ohio state, that's all you really needed to see. Just if you ever need some like reassurance of how that pick's going to pan out, just go watch him play Ohio state. Just watch the highlights because they're all going to be of him and him just running and destroying the defensive line of Ohio state. I mean, he was just cutting it up. So that's all I got for running backs today. Kind of, you know, in this episode a little early, I I just really want to save the part two for running backs to fully be able to invest my time. Uh, we got like James Cook, who's Dalvin Cook's brother, which is very interesting. And you will have him at the you know in the next pool of players. Uh, Zamir White, who is with him in the back or backfield in Georgia. Um, you got Sincere McCormick, which I really think could be an interesting running back. Um, he was heavily, heavily used in um, that offense and was, you know, kind of cool to see him work. And um, there's some other running backs we'll get into as well. Damian Pierce from the Gators, uh, Letty Brown. Uh, the couple of OU running backs um, that are, you know, Eric Gray and uh, Kennedy Brooks, Zonovan Knight for North Carolina State. 
Um, there's just there's a lot in this next pool of running backs. I won't have as much to say on them because I don't think that they're going to be exactly high rated guys. I will talk a lot about like Brian Robinson, for example. But and then I will talk about CJ Burdell as well, who broke his leg. And had he not broken his leg, I think I'd be talking about him in tier one because if if you saw what he did against Ohio State, and if you you know need any reassurance of CJ Verdell in um, that offense, I mean, whew, he was just cutting Ohio State up. He was just faster than everybody, and receiving backs, just running backs in general, have been Ohio State's kryptonite, and CJ Verdell was a large part in watching their demise in that game. Um, a lot of people wondered what happened to Oregon after that, you know, after that game, after that game pretty much because the rest of the season they were kind of mid and CJ Verdell not being there was a huge part of that offense that wasn't available because the quarterback wasn't exactly good. And Travis Dye, the back that took over for him is good and will be available next year in drafts. But Travis Dye was not able to replicate exactly everything CJ Verdell could do. So, Got a lot of running backs left. Um, the, the the next batch of running backs, we're just we're gonna present pros and cons, you know. Next the pros and cons, but we'll get to those running backs at a later date. So next week we are gonna be talking wide receivers. This is a god level wide receiver class, and there I, I don't think I will run out of names to talk about for the next ten episodes if you stick around for that long of how many wide receivers, not, not only a could be taken in this class, but B just like e- even like effective ones. I think there's at least four or five wide receivers that are going to hit immediately. Um, Drake London, Garrett Wilson. Um, I don't think Chris Olave, but you know, I cannot wait to have the Chris Olave conversation. It'll be fun for sure. But Jamison Williams, um, it's just it's a it's a really awesome wide receiver class, and I cannot wait to get into that next week. So that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow at Offensive Points. Follow at just at me at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Come talk. Come 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 shoot the ship. I'm ready for it. Um, I dropped a grenade on Twitter last uh, what was that two days ago. Put is Traylon Burks the next Cron Treadwell, and people were not excited about that comparison. And I can understand why because Cron Treadwell's been considered a bust, even though I don't think it's necessarily been all his fault. But pretty fun in the meantime. Um, I don't think Traylon Burks is Cron Treadwell. I think that Traylon Burks is bigger, small, slightly bigger, slightly faster but he is more competent at football. LaCroix Treadwell also got hurt in college, and I think that affected him going in, but we'll get to that next week. Got got plenty to talk about wide receivers next week. So this is Ombre Vendor signing off. Have a good rest of your week. Bowl game season is upon us. Go watch some bowl games. Um, going to be a lot of fun up until the national title. So I will talk to you all next week. 